Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Get your rocks off, get your rocks off, honey. Gonna get some clam down by the seashore. Did you plan that? Because it's weirdly relevant. <laughs> what do you mean, plan it? Sing, get your rocks off. Yeah. I'd lived it, though. That made me think of it. This well film did. Just let them come to me, whatever it is. Usually it's not even a song that fits. It's just oh, like we a, know. a theme <laughs> tune to mind adapted for my purposes. So, yes. Hello. Welcome to Spoiler-Filled Film Conversation. Hooray. I am Richard. My damp little seashells are Anthony. Yeah, how do? And Abby. Hello. And we're gluing them to the podcast in order to upsell it to idiots. Unlucky for them, (laughs) good for me. So, this time on the podcast, I (laughs) gave us quite the treat, didn't I? (laughs) Oh, who doesn't love steamy lesbian romances? Steamy? Uh, it came to a very mild simmer for about five minutes. <laughs> and then it turned out the egg had the horrible fetus of a bird in it. Oh, I forgot about that bit. That was grim. I had to tell Abby to look away so because I, I knew she'd hit it. That's what you missed. <laughs> I would have That's thrown up, not just hated it. I would have literally vomited <laughs> yeah, at the well. mere sight of it. Anyway, chuck that in the waste. Um, anyway, Anthony, can you give the details people that don't confuse Ammonite with other well there's lots of films that are the same premise like uh portrait of a lady on fire is a very similar film and oh fuck i watched another one that was like two women in a hut in, in the wilds of america just being sad that they have have to put up with blokes <laughs> anyway <laughs> um anthony please give the details okay so ammonite is the film you're watching uh it was released in 2020 uh, it's a, a romantic drama, uh, I suppose, uh, about a, a paleontologist, I think it is, who um, lives yeah. and works on the British coast, um, digging up various fossils and whatnot. And the friendship she strikes up with a uh, a, a depressed married woman who comes to stay for a while. The word friendship it, being used as mothers use it when they're embarrassed about their homosexual daughters. This yes. is a f- friend. <laughs> <laughs> it was written and directed by Francis Lee, and it stars Kate Winslet, Saoirse Ronan, Gemma Jones, Fiona Shaw, James McArdle, and a name I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh fuck, and Alec. Sacrineur. <laughs> I apologize for that. Yeah, um, it's very much a portrait of a lady on a damp rock. Yes. So, um I don't know if anyone's seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Have you guys seen that? I have not. No. Oh. Well, it turns out I'm a connoisseur for uh, lesbian period dramas that are um, bleak and sort of, uh, you know, questionably steamy i know you had like a, a lesbian film um splurge 
What I do in the privacy <laughs> is my own bed, all right? No, it wasn't just lesbian, it was LGBT. I watched a couple of uh, different gay, uh, you know, men, men gay, men gays, what do they call them? <laughs> the home, homo boys. I watched um, male gay LGBT stuff as well, and bisexual one, if that counts, if that crosses. It counts. Crosses the, the spectrum, but yeah. I'm not. I wasn't. It's not just for oh, ladies kissing in period clothes. It is a little bit that, but it's also you know to be a connoisseur of uh, LGBT etc. culture and and films and stuff. So I, I just um, part of the many journeys I go on in film. I don't uh, want to sound like some dirty perv who just wants to watch <laughs> lesbian movies. But I picked this not just because uh, of its lesbian content, but because of the misery quarter it goes for. Mm. I thought it was remarkably steadfast in its ability to have no fun and to make <laughs> sure that anytime there's a little, anytime it shows any hint of hope or uh, human connection it shuts that right down <laughs> back to coughing up blood and cold rocks and <laughs> crying or being miserable so yeah i just thought this is amazing how much it's wallowing in misery and melancholy um more, more like most like lesbian adjacent or lesbian peer dramas you know they have the obvious oh it's a shame the past doesn't allow lesbians to exist and that men exist and are what you're expected to do. And that, so you're, you can't really have your lesbian romance and dalliance unless you're rich. And even if you are rich, like a lot of these films have a, a rich lesbian who can facilitate a better life. It doesn't go that way. Usually like if you're rich, you can supplant yourself and get your cake and eat it too is often uh, something that's on the cards, but that does, you can't even have that in these films. Uh, there's always someone being like, no, it would never work. Uh, anyway, I just thought that I couldn't believe this film watching it going. It, it's it just kept going like it, when you think, oh, it might turn a corner and pe- what people's hearts will be warmed, and it's like they deliberately went, no, no, Kate Winslet is playing a woman who is steadfast in being a miserable cow. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I wanted to share it and I regret it now because it's like two hours of pure fucking slow melancholy. So sorry. Okay. Uh, have I you heard it? It was that bad. <laughs> it's very, very well made. They, they mm. do clever things like as relationships bloom, people wear slightly lighter colour clothes to emphasise a change of heart. Very clever. Oh, oh. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, you know, there's plenty of symbolism for for the for the people who are looking out for it. Um, but yeah, Anthony, had you heard of this? No. Um, the only uh, yeah, we were talking about it uh, a while ago, um, and I remember you describing it as like a, a very dour lesbian drama. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, I took that with a pinch of salt. But after watching it, I was like, "Oh Jesus, <laughs> he wasn't wrong." It's yeah. very—I don't know—I I don't know. If I was expecting it to be quite this dour, but then you know, it is a kind of lower-budget British period drama focusing on like a, a lesbian relationship, 
And like I I I, I should have expected it really, <laughs> if I'm also, being honest. The Victorians are you know, custom built to have a miserable old time, aren't they? If Dickens has taught us anything, <laughs> the Victorians are very good at having a shit life full of misery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I didn't, it I didn't clock on just how much being on the British coast would up that misery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, in, in like vaguely winter time as well, because that's the better time to do, like to discover uh, rocks with uh, fossils in, because it gets washed down or something. Mm. More more access to the rocks that have been hidden by time or whatever. Uh, Abby, you hadn't seen this before. I know that you and I had discussed in real life just the concept of the Ladola bean. Do you want mm. to elaborate on that and and what you might have hoped from on, this? On what, sorry? A Ladola bean. bean. It's lesbian, but with a dollar sign instead of an S. I see. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a woman who is rich enough to basically be a lesbian as a hobby and it doesn't really affect her life. I see. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're often like, uh, not saying they groom other women, but they, they turn up in films and it's just, oh, I'm rich and I have my life how I want it secretly. Um, or, you know, I try a little bit, or I have my community of gay people I hide within or, or have my safe space. And then there's lots of films where like a younger, usually younger, but another woman is drawn in and it's about the drama of whether uh some rich affluent lesbian can convince them to stay with them or whether their relationship will fall apart or not. But it happens in lots of stuff. Like this and Portrait of a Lady on Fire and fucking we watched one Abby called uh, about Tov Jansen, didn't we? We watched Tov, the biopic, and she has a friend who's rich yes. and a lesbian and they could all just have their way, but because <laughs> they're rich enough to buy out, isn't it? Like uh, of of society's norms, and they they can pay servants to look the other way, isn't it? You know, they're all sort of arrogant about being seen as being lesbian, and usually the other protagonist is like, "Oh, we can't in front of the servants. What if they tell Papa or something?" You know. I actually wanted to slap the entire film in the face when she said, "Oh, that's just a servant." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's how that's the class system in Britain in that time period is servants are not people and if they say if they all talk about you in private that's fine but they will be destroyed and fired if they you know cause any problems they know their place is the thing oh, hmm. but there's like TV shows and all sorts where this the the concept of the the, the dollar bean. <laughs> Uh, features and I, we were trying to develop. We were wondering if it was a trope or just uh, like the thing that happens now and again. But uh, did it? Did this uh, grab you, Abby, before you actually saw it? Well, no. I heard you talking about it. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I picked it. I didn't think. Oh, it's so terrible. We can't watch it. I mean, if you have a casual interest in paleontology, that's why I was so surprised that you picked it. The way you talked about it, I was like, oh, he's never going to watch that again. And then you did. <laughs> on purpose. I can uh, get over it. Are you familiar with the, the person it's based on at all? A little bit, I am, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Uh, Anna, no, not Anna. Uh, Mary Anning was like mm. a paleontologist and uh, shell merchant. She's the one who um, 
like they popularized that rhyme that she she sells seashells at by the seashore. That's who, uh, that's who that she is. Sense. But she did. She as the the film does portray that she had and has, I think, still in the British Museum has exhibits of uh, the rocks she found and identified and uh, you know tidied up and chiseled out or whatever, like tight, you know, whatever the paleontology terms that are for sorted the dirty rock out she did that stuff and um i think she's like an unsung hero from history of of like a woman in a man's world yeah you um, got that yeah definitely got that from the film yeah i mean there's yeah in the film there's like a general sense of uh men <laughs> they never let you into <laughs> the boys club <laughs> never give you credit for anything uh but well, bad because think... her husband didn't seem like especially bad for the time Whose husband now? Because um, Mary Anning didn't have a husband. Who do you mean? No, the 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 guy who came and be like, oh hello, could you teach me some things, please? Like, no, fuck off. We're closed. Still though, um, if I could persist, fucking hell, <laughs> that was the vibe. Yeah, he he was open minded, I guess, to be taught. He was passionate about rocks and that, isn't it? Yeah, like other than like, be a gentleman of his time. It's not like he was particularly rubbish. Well, to his wife he was, I guess. He was very much like, listen, now, woman, know your role. Stay stay here, get well, I'm sick of you, see you later. I'm probably closeted the gay myself, so see you later. <laughs> or asexual or something. The period Mary Anning was from, I don't think we know loads about her. I think it was like Dick- Dickens published some stuff about her. And they got a name up, but like, I don't, I don't know heaps and heaps. I know that she was a, a figure from history uh, that made some significant discoveries. You know, she had to, you know, troll the fucking beaches of Britain her whole oh life, God. which takes dedication. Yeah. So, just to find grubby old fossils. For that. Yeah. One of the things I will give this film credit for is making about the whole first maybe forty-five minutes. Look, freezing. Oh, yeah. The whole <laughs> fucking thing, really, yeah. Cold, the wind, and, like, the dampness. You really feel it. Like, they keep, they, they're good at showing shots of hands that look like they're fucking frozen and just scrabbling at dirt and just the poor, cold poverty, beyond just the cold of nature, but the cold of frugalness and che- cheapness <laughs> as well. And nothing quite says misery like a British guy in the window does. Mm. Even the even the mother figure, it makes everything extra cold because she's quite a cold person. Mm. Yeah, it's it's freezing, guys. It's freezing, wet, and damp. It's that it, that's like not only you know the the location, but the theme, I guess. So yeah, yeah, that's what I know about her. Not heaps, a little bit. Okay, good on her. But the, the strange thing. Mary Anning was not a confirmed lesbian. She was probably just a spinster. And I think the director's logic was, well, she wasn't confirmed to be heterosexual either. So we're going to take poetic license and tell a kind of lesbian drama story out of her life. It's not a biopic. We're just basing her. She's the basis of her story. We're going to use her name and stuff, but but we're going to completely go wild with the story and make up uh, a romantic relationship. Yes, I'm very unhappy about that. It's like, this was a real person. You can just make someone up that isn't that person who was real, but didn't necessarily 
exist like this. Yeah, that's weird. And also, it doesn't just... Mm. Like, in reality, uh, Mary would have been a spinster. So you can make some assumptions there, Victorian-era spinster, or just didn't marry. You could have just been unsuccessful or had undocumented relationships with men or whatever. And Or she could have been a lesbian. It doesn't really matter. But, like, it's to, it's to presume and to project a lot onto a character. And as you say, Abby, just change the name and say, oh, it's based on her. I think they wanted to celebrate the woman, but also the agenda was, but we want to make it about like the slow development of love between two women and about how that gets shut down due to uh, emotional immaturity as well as society, you know, Mm. which is more worthy, isn't it? That's like, that's better than making it just a fucking spinster. Post spinster, it's all well and good representing uh, lesbian women, but what about spinsters? They never get a film about themselves, do they? No <laughs> one's allowed to be asexual anymore. You can't they didn't just... get married. They didn't have relationships with anyone because they weren't interested. Fuck you. Should they love rocks? <laughs> not metaphorically. They like wet clams, but not like how you think. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I get it. Spicier this way, but also a uh, bit of a liberty, isn't it? Bit cheeky. Um, yeah, but anyway, let's talk about the, the nuts and bolts of what happens. So, Mary Anning is in, we, you know, she's like middle-aged, I think, I mean, I guess Kit Wins it is anyway. Uh, she's middle-aged, living with a mum who is ailing because she's an older lady. And it's Britain. <laughs> You've got to die. Yeah. You can't be sitting with a bonnet on for too long without croaking. Mm. <laughs> And uh, they've got a little shop that sells shell trinkets and as well as fossils and things, isn't it? And uh, I think the backstory is her dad has passed away. He was the original paleontologist or something. And that she took up his trade and that Mm. the mum has had umpteen kids that have died. And the fascinating thing that highlighted this movie is the mum, who's quite mean and cold and uh, slight everyday washes some porcelain ornaments of dogs or maybe a variety of animals. She washes them all and thinks of them as her babies, which are all her like either aborted or miscarried or dead infants, right? Is that that's I, the I thing? miscarried, yeah, yeah, but she's got all these like I don't know porcelain dogs to wash every day, and she even gets upset with Mary if Mary isn't there to help wash the dogs in the morning. And it's like, okay. <laughs> um, I think it's fascinating that, that that's what they go with as like a, <laughs> to, to ex- explain <laughs> this woman to you. You know, all right, I see. She's cold and weird, and her only daughter she's fairly short and curt with, but not, you know, she clearly loves her enough to like, I mean, they live together and on top of each other. And I don't know. She seems vaguely cool. Like, she doesn't seem like she's. LGBT positive, but she doesn't seem to. She seems like to not care that her daughter is a lesbian, and uh, doesn't get involved in it. But like, doesn't like shame her or bring up the good book or anything like that that you sometimes get in movies, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Always a bit of Christian shaming to be done in these sorts of things, often, but not this case. But yeah, but like Mar- Mary's existence is get up every day scrabble through rocks and go along the beach and then clean up fossils and try and make scratch a living 
scratching a living, isn't it? Mm. I suppose you... in her case, it's literally scratching a living. Yeah. What do you make of uh, Kate Winslet as Mary? She's doing a like, well, she was set in Devon or somewhere, is it? She's doing like Southern English, Devonish accent. Yeah, I kept saying it. Like... Cornwallian accent, didn't you? Yeah. I kept saying it. Is it Kern or Clear or Lime? Lime? What? What are you I'm saying? I'm going to say Lime. Lime Reaches? Yeah. What's oh, that's where it was, you're saying? Yeah. I think so. Right. I, I, do you guys buy the accent? I mean, not bad. I don't know. Yeah. You know, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, it's pretty reasonable. I think where, where's Kate with it from originally? I don't actually know. Oh, I can't I, say. Yeah, she she played British or America. She she American in Titanic, right? No, he's American. She's British. She's British. She do so. She's you know she's not. Yeah, of course. Yeah. She's going. She's going to New York. Yeah. Um. Does she? Wonder if she makes it. <laughs> uh. Anyway, but like Kate Winslet, I I like in this. I think she does a good job as miserable, hard to get on with, uh, just long suffering lesbian middle aged British lady, right? She's yes, just... and she's usually the type the type of actress who. Like doesn't care necessarily about you know looking glamorous and attractive, and it's just, she seems like the type who's like, you know, oh, I get to look ugly this time, yay, kind of thing. Yeah, even though, reveling even though, in like, the opportunity you know, to prove she's a very, you know, attractive lady, but it does. It's I'm guessing it's a hard job to make her look dowdy. Yeah, she had a good gait in a walk that like. To make her seem like rough and depressed and slightly mannish, because mm. she she dresses practically for a job like it's feminine, but it's 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 like uh, you know Victorian, but also it's cold, so dress with trousers on underneath and hard boots and stuff. Um, and it's, like she's attractive enough that another woman might take an interest in her, but also is like dowdy and um, drab and cold and poor looking. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought it was good. The one, the, weirdly, I don't want to be too judgmental, but eventually, when it does get to sex scenes, and you see a bit of nudity, I'm like, wait a minute, this Anna, like uh, Mary Anning, she ain't got the fake tits of Kate Winslet. What we talk, mm-hmm. it's almost like her tits are too, her breasts are too, you know, enhanced and tidy for a, woman, a middle-aged woman like. <laughs> Uh, this this like like woman who pisses on her ha- hands and then wipes in her skirt and then offers you up a pasty, and then she's got these like uh, pert uh, Hollywood boobies, and I'm like, um, that looks out of place. Hairy armpit, tick, good. Period. Very, very, very on point. Uh, I also felt a bit bad that the the female love interests. She's ill for ages, but she still maintains her lovely curly ringlets. And I'm like, those would not have hung about. You have a fever for a few days. Your hair's going to be a mess. Am I right, Abby? You're absolutely right. Yes. That requires equipment and time. <laughs> have either no- of you ever been, ever had just like a fever where you're just in a coma for three days? It's a bit much, wasn't it? She's very frail and Victorian. Mm. Yeah, I had that with norovirus and I had that with COVID. <laughs> but you weren't out cold like muttering to yourself in a sleep for days, were you? 
I fell through a laundry rack when I had norovirus, but... and I didn't know what had happened until you picked me up off the floor. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's more dramatic than lying there being like, meh. Meh. No, the salve. Um, the times where I've had the fever, you're shaking and need to sleep and you're sweating a lot. But I'm not not a court. Is that the is that a problem you have, Anthony, or is it you? No, just I was just I just found it funny at the time. It's like why in all these films when someone gets a fever, they they're just in a coma for like a week. Yeah, you 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 know, they, they, I don't know, but it's a, <laughs> just an opportunity to have uh, the hard. Uh, Mary be like, oh, I guess I'll put some damp rags on you and take care of you, and I'll rub salve in a really cold and like <laughs> like dirt under the fingernails. Like <laughs> I'll put salve on you, and that will be the first touch of kinder, uh, like the the first kinders of love. Is that the right word, kinders with the fire? Kindling. Kindling. No. Whatever. It's embers? the first the first embers, the first spark embers are the end, right? Or whatever. The first spark will be, oh, I'm touching the attractive lady. I'm a lesbian and I'm now I'm being allowed because uh, she's ill to put salve on her. Oh, oh me, oh my. <laughs> Mustn't make it sexual. <laughs> you know. That's the that's what they want to do, isn't it? It's just go, Oh look, we're being they're being intimate. She's caring for her. She's reluctant to look after this woman. And then I guess I've had to look after you. We can get on now. So that's what they're going for, I suppose. Um, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like Mary is doing, living her life. She's scrabbling in the rocks, falling down, finding it difficult. And uh, But she obviously likes it, otherwise she wouldn't do it, or at least feels she has to do it now. She's beholden to her mum or something, I don't know. And, uh, and then along comes uh, Mr. Top Hat, uh, to go, oh, I really love what you do. And she's like, fuck off. What do you want, mister? <laughs> you know? What's the guy's call? He's called Mr. Something. What's their surname? Um, Looking it up. Uh, Roderick Murchison and Charlotte Murchison. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's got, like, uh, a quiet Victorian wife who's ill and wears a lot of black and the usual sort of Victorian massive bonnets and big dresses and is is quiet and I don't think she gets much to do do in the shop initially. She's just like, don't touch that, fuck it, and leave <laughs> everything alone. Know your role, shut your face. And then uh, Roderick's like, no, I'd love to learn about rocks. I've got money, so you're obliged to help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can pay you. And then, and then Kate wins it does her best. Ah, oh, if there was if. If I didn't have to, if my mum wasn't here needing us to have money to survive, fuck off am I teaching you about fossils, you jumped up rich boy from the city. But she has to, and she does, and he has like one day of like, look look at the rocks of the beach, find us the fossils. Shit, crap, crap. Actually, this is crap, and that's quite good. Well done, buddy. Good job. Look at these bits. That's fish bones in there. And he's like, ooh. <laughs> They're both the husband and the wife. Both try and show her something and she's like, no, that's nothing. And then they show her things and they are something. Like, you fucking shit, love. What do you mean? <laughs> she wasn't going to get that big rock out of the face. And then, I'm sorry, what's the blonde one? Charlotte. Charlotte tries to do it herself. And then Mary, like, grudgingly helps. And it's like the head of a dinosaur. She wasn't going to go and get that. She was like, oh, it's nothing. 
No, she was it stuck. It's not going anywhere. Like, because she tried to get one on her own and it split open. Like, she, we see her discover one, but it breaks in half and it's a bit ruined, but still valuable. And so she's like, oh, fucking screw the big ones, you know? Mm. I suppose. But she's also still. having a bit of a poody at that, I think, in that scene about everything. <laughs> there was a point where she wasn't poodying. Yeah. It was a little less poodying after sexual relations were a thing. After always. It's true. <laughs> um But yeah, I, I I like that the guy has one one day of it and he's like I'm gonna go travel the world a bit. My wife's being a bit fucking Well she she's got she's got a melanch- touch of melancholia. Right. What and was that's Lying in bed and capturing moths under a glass and looking at it and being like, I'm not leaving bed. She was a little depressed. He wasn't wrong. But I love he was like, I'll be gone for five weeks. Maybe five. No, I'll be gone for four weeks. Maybe five. <laughs> Definitely no more than six. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't take my wife with me because, like, she's a donor. She's a Debbie donor. And I've told her, because I'm a Victorian husband too. Like they also they have like a scene where they go to bed in it, and that you you get a feeling like the melancholia or whatever. You never know with Victorians if they have an actual if she's just gen if she's depressed, bipolar. You don't know what's actually wrong, but it's been called melancholia. She's a bit sad and down, and you're like, it could just because because the the bedroom for the husband and wife is no, no, we're going to sleep. I don't want to have a child, so we're not having sex. Good day. <laughs> I will roll over. It's nice of the guy to get his cock out. That's that's how you know it's an art house film, because you're seeing flaccid cocks with full pubes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very much like, no, roll over. I'm not interested in this young, blonde, attractive woman, <laughs> because that that would be to have a child. And I'm, I don't know, I'm a cool guy <laughs> who wants to travel the world some more or something. I know he seemed to genuinely like rocks and stuff, so I don't think his paleontology interest was fake. I just think, oh, do I have to be? I obviously have to be married to some woman who was presumably is an arranged marriage or something. <laughs> but it's not my bag, and she's a downer, so she can stay at the coastal town and get the get the sea air and uh, feel better. While you know, so that means, oh, here's an idea. Why doesn't the you know the uh, Probably the only person I've talked to. Yeah. <laughs> the woman who lives here and was begrudgingly took me on. She can, I've already booked the lessons in rock finding. I, I like, I like how he pitches it to her. Like it'll be, uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. Good stuff. <laughs> He's really, he has to sell it to her rather than just say, could you, I know how much fun we had that one day, but um, look after my wife for me. She's ill. Uh, she'll be a help to you. <laughs> Probably don't care if she isn't. Bye. <laughs> Very funny. And then you uh, goodbye. <laughs> I love also that um, Charlotte's presented as a character who can't do anything. Like she can't peel or no, not peel the carrots, scrape the carrots. She can't scrape carrots. She can't go and get coal. And then she can't drive with those things. She bursts into tears, which I think is fair. If you can't scoop coal without falling down. <laughs> Whenever I have to do chores, I fall to my knees and start crying. I laugh. <laughs> I laugh, then fall to my knees and cry. How <laughs> miserable life is. Um, she also can't stand in the sea. like She's a frail, uh, pale, blonde lady. And it's the British Sea, so obviously don't get in it when it's yeah. winter. 
But to yeah, be like, fair on it, like yeah, if there wasn't salt in that water, it would be frozen. Do you like the um, the manner in which Victorians would uh, take the sea in by working class lads would push you in a, a wooden shed to the sea to I guess for your dignity, and then you'd step out of the blackness into the freezing ocean. And then- I did like I think- there, there was like the shot there where they've got like they've got like her in the doorway and then just the ocean um like a really rough ocean and then the camera is slightly off and i thought like that was that was a really good mm. um indicator of uh, how she's feeling yeah i mean it makes you uh it really puts you in the setting does this film it's very well done i think it makes the most of this the bleak I just felt kept feeling sorry for everyone on set. You know, you must be freezing your tits off. Yeah. Uh, Abby, were, were you going to say something? I was just like, I don't know if they do that in other countries or if it's just a weirdly British thing that we did. It's like, I must be delivered to the sea edge. Yeah. I'm not walking on pebbles and I'm not letting anyone see me in my full body bathing costume. <laughs> Thanks very much. I know it was all that like uh, Kellogg's quackery wasn't it of like we can't just do something it has to be a weird medical environment with apparatus you can't just have a nice dip in the sea you have to make it a whole thing I don't know but uh, yeah it kills her to step in the sea and uh, she's she's being like like the maids have got the difficult job in her house and all in the hotel that she's staying in the husband's left her in of look we have to get you up your husband said i know you are better than us due to your class but we also have to get you up and out of the house <laughs> so you could throw shit at us again like i like there's a scene where she throws like i don't know if it's a candlestick or something at a maid and the maid just stands outside going please don't throw anything else at us <laughs> mom <laughs> <laughs> they have to like, you know, get her in her clothes into the sh- to the shell shop. Um, and she, does she have one day out with her before passing out into the shop? <laughs> Having like, I think they have the one day where it's like, yeah, come along, have, ha- have a piss have pasty. The, yeah, they have the, the first day, which is essentially both of them just sitting on rocks, being silent and very awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking don't even want you here. Who's shut up, you fucking bitch? You fucking can't even find rocks. Like, I, I like I don't think... I think that was the most British moment in the film, <laughs> where it was just them sitting on rocks saying nothing. The aggressive <laughs> silences. Yeah. The aggressive silences in this. I At one point, I act in on the couch, I just turned upside down and I started watching it upside down. That's how irritated and annoyed I was by the aggressive silences in this film. <laughs> it can be insanely slow. And the other thing is, it you you get presented uh, the the idea that Mary, we haven't seen Mary be happily doing her job, uh, and then when she's forced to teach people, she's not a teacher, so it winds her up. She wants to miserably do this like job of looking at fossils in the sea. She obviously likes the sea, the beach, but she does this every day all the time. And you go, you're not happy. You want to be miserable and sulk and poody and you wallow in the fucking bleakness of your existence and just get on with it. And it's almost like happiness would spoil your day. <laughs> so yeah, I just like the way it presents Mary as being sour and miserable and wanting to be that way, but it's 
but her sour miserableness is being ruined by people being there, <laughs> interrupting it. And there's just no difference how she'd be either way, but at least there's uh, someone to interact with that gives her cause to be miserable uh, rather than just the misery she seeks out to herself. Mm. Even like they suggest with her ex that we we, we assume it's the ex-girlfriend or wife, or not wife, is it? Like, But her ex-lover we meet mm. where she has to go get the Salve. salve, or what was that, vapor rub or something? Fix vapor rub. I, I kind of felt it was, yeah. Yeah, she goes and meets like a middle aged woman in her garden who's having a nice sunny life and is like happy to see Mary. And Mary's just like, casually walking around in a corset under a dressing gown doing some gardening. That is the kind of person you can get behind. <laughs> just uh, flowers out, tits out, love it. Just loving the day. She's the opposite mm. of Mary, really. Mm. Uh, it's all bright and sunny. She goes to visit her. She's like, Look, I'm just paying. I know you've got some salve because that sexy night of salve rubbing we did. Uh, you'll have some. Can I? The chemist doesn't open or something. I don't know. Just fucking, I'm paying you. No, no need to pay. How's it going, love? Nice to see you. No. I want to pay you. I have the coins. This is a business transaction, you fucking bitch. <laughs> And I just go, why did anyone, why was this woman interested in you? Like, they, we see them later, and she sort of goes to commiserate Mary about the death of her mum at the end of the film. And you're like, you, you never tried to be like, you know, I tried to be what you wanted me to be, and you never put in any effort to our relationship, and you were just a cold, horrible bitch, basically. And you go, well, why were you fucking, it was just, I guess it's like, what options you got? If you're a lesbian, uh, <laughs> there must be very few options in Victorian England. So you're like, I guess the only one is the one I have to put up with, you know. To be fair, I feel like there's a touch of, um, at this point, she's kind of like accepted her life as it is. And I'm guessing like her failed relationship right. with um, yeah, Fiona Shaw, I don't know her character's name, um, mm. kind of like cements that. So I'm, I'm guessing she was probably not as dour you hope so. Yeah. We can, because, like, uh, what's her name, Ronin? What's, what's, the Irish, well, what's her name, Shaw? Saoirse. So- Saoirse. Yeah, like Irish name, right? Saoirse. Mm-hmm. So when Saoirse is uh, playing, uh, I guess, well, when Saoirse is playing Charlotte, it's like, what are you seeing in her again? Like, are you, they don't get, it's good they don't get on straight away because they're like, you know, they're both having a miserable time. They're both stuck doing something they don't want to. And like, once she's been healed back to life, she's all bright and sunny and happy. You're like, so what is it you'd like about this woman? She's the only woman, I guess. Like Again, it's that yeah. you're the only woman. So. There's no chemistry between them at all. Do you think like, not? None. Yeah, why, do you, do you, why, why do you think that is? Is it the characters or the actors or what? I, th- I think it is... Um... Uh, kind of a byproduct of the characters. Just give us a reason why they'd get on. Because, like, Mary being, like, slow to warm up to other people, fair enough, people are insular, introverted, or loners, and then they, they're like, oh, well, I do, I am a lesbian, and I, you are hot, so I can come round. But the other way, you're like, well, what are you, slightly motherly? But you're not a mother to me. You don't, you know, you're like a regular woman so I don't know what what is it that she sees in her so why well, that's why I can't believe it fully is because you haven't given us a reason that they'd fall in love 
you know? Just in They also seem to have like skipped over time periods where they might have warmed up to each other. So then you just come in where they're doing things to suggest that they are having a romantic relationship, but there's no warmth or intimacy there. Well, they do. They do have chats in bed. I think one of them wears the other one's jumper. Oh, but that's much later. It's when they're like first finding romance with each other, and you're like, "Oh, you're you're having a oh, you're kissing." When did that happen? <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I think. Is it a problem of straight actors as well? Like, I, I don't know. Is um, is Sasha a lesbian or bisexual or anything in real life? Kate, Kate Winslet is straight, I think, right? Yes, as far as I know, I think they're both straight. I, I, the thing is, I, I know, like, I've seen both of them, you know, as people. And, I, like, I know their personalities. I can imagine them getting on well together. Yeah, definitely. So I imagine they, you know, as people have chemistry. So that's why I'm thinking it's more kind of a byproduct of the characterization as to yeah. why they don't really have much chemistry as to as opposed to the actual actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could, like... Uh, it makes... I mean, they're both attractive, even if one of them is being, like, deliberately dowdy and... Uh, tomboyish or whatever, but like it goes from uh, you've. I guess it's supposed to be once Charlotte's healed up and is better and is raring to go and is raring to fail at um, scraping carrots and stuff and getting cold and it's just I'm shit. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. I like you sleeping in my bed and staying here. Um, that's cool. I I'm a lesbian. Turns out. Um, so that's I love this. You're a sexy woman, and I'm gonna come round to you now. Uh, but from you know, so she's but like she's being treated nicely. Her husband's really cold, I guess is the idea, and she hasn't got anyone else. There's no one else. She has no social world to go to because she's in like just a holiday town or whatever. Mm. So I guess it's the well, you're a kind, caring person, and you're there for me. And well, my husband wasn't having sex with me, so I may as well get what I can where I can. It's that or your mum and the, a little, the... a little bit. Plus, there's the kind of because she's quite young, so I imagine this is the, the first time she's had these feelings as well. Yeah, sort of blossoming uh, into it, I guess. I think that's where they. I think that's what they want. <laughs> and then it is, as you suggest, Abby, a little bit like we should kiss because we've cracked on a lot of this film has been miserable, rocks, sadness, and moisture, and uh, we want to just get on with this. So maybe they're kissing now. Yay, they're kissing. Cut away to some stones. Don't show too much to the audience just yet. There, making make out. Though, hooray. There were a lot of cutaways to bugs, either kind of like trapped or dead, which, <laughs> which just well, adds to the misery. Like, I think there's a lot of, uh, I'd say, almost deliberately humorous cutaways from like, Let's have this scene and then let's contrast it with something cold and dead. <laughs> Just to really, we're not leaving that vibe. Never, never forget we're miserable and sad and melancholy. Here's the close up of just a rock or a doorway or some fucking the sea yeah. or something. Yeah. And even like, even like yeah. when, even when there are sex scenes, there's only like two kind of major ones. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's me. Obviously, I didn't really feel much from them personally. Sure, but like they were 
they were passionate, but still cold. You know what I mean? They weren't sexy. I don't think they're going for sexy, especially in the first one. Is it like, uh, like there's a, oh, in the in the yeah. workshop or whatever the shop? Uh, mm. Mary and Charlotte go, oh, we're we're lessing it up, and then I think there's just like a kind of lingus scene where most things are covered up. It's just Kate Winslet getting her head down by her dress, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like later on, I think we have scenes where they're like in bed together, like semi-nude, and there's one like late night sex scene. I think it's once they realize. They've had a letter that we. I mean, did you? You're a bit annoyed. The letter you, you like. They show it to us, but we can't fucking read it. <laughs> yeah, they did that a couple of times actually. Where it's like a long, lingering look on something that you cannot read. Like, mm. oh, thanks. We could have lost those that minute. Thank you. Lots of small letters are delivered, and Abby, you pointed out to me that yeah, look, they're so small because they didn't have envelopes back then. You're like, oh yeah, just fold <laughs> the letter up and write the address on the back, and there you go. And she also smelt one of the letters, and you're like, that just smells like a postman's pocket. What are you smelling that for? Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> it's not imbued with the scent of a fancy lady. Although a postman's pocket is a euphemism for <laughs> something <laughs> else. <laughs> a little, little swipe downstairs before it goes in. Um, anyway, the second scene where they actually get, get at it a bit, and we actually get some of that Dirty lesbian sex we'd all been hoping it would have, or you know, begrudgingly accepting would be in it. Um, they do get naked, and apparently it was choreographed by the actors. Uh, you know, probably along with the director a bit as well. And it was just like, okay, what should we do? And it's like, I know, I'll we'll fondle and kiss breasts, and I'll just fucking get your head up there and just smash your face into the wall a bit, and all we awkwardly like horny teenagers sort of fondle about and perform a sort of vague fingering and kind of lingus thing going on and yeah that's cool <laughs> that's enough right and it's it is just like uh this whole film is set in a cold damp tea bag of a shore <laughs> with rocks it, like it, 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 a candlelit rumpy pumpy is not really gonna get the blood flowing too much it's a nice break in the in the misery but uh for me it was just like like it's awkward and it feels realish in that way mm. that regular sex is always a bit... It's not, like, choreographed and deliberately there to entertain or stimulate. It's sort of like, oh, I'm so horny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just hoist shit up and oh, get out of the way. Oh, something in Oh. I don't Indeed. know. But isn't what does sex usually, like, everyone takes their clothes off neatly, puts them in a tidy pile, and then has, you know, some for, for form of missionary position. Rhythmically, like let's do it, <laughs> and then yeah. Uh, plus, there was like no music as well, which made everything a little bit more awkward and cold. Plus, there's, anyway. there's some widow also living in the house. I half expected her to come in and be like, "Well," <laughs> or just aware that her dog. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for that scene to happen as well. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't because if it, hmm. if I was expecting it, you shouldn't include it. I don't know, Abby. Do you um, do you think it? Do you think it, it was a bit of you know, sexual chemistry there, if not you know, relationship chemistry? There was no chemistry even when that was happening. You'd, I would, if you'd have shown me that clip isolated from the rest of the film, I would have assumed at least one of those women was a whore. Okay, <laughs> Judge, judgmental. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? 
No, it's just that they were paid rather than they wanted to be there. Well, they were paid. The two actresses making a movie. You know what I mean. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I suppose they're not for judging in isolation. I don't want to make too much of them as scenes. I think it's there. It has to be there. Otherwise, what's mm. the point of doing a a drama about sex and relationships if you're not going to have a bit of it in there? I mean, what well, you know? I mean, it can just be pure romantic love if you want. Uh, but that's what that's you know. All the highbrow lesbians who are going because they love period drama and art house cinema, that's what they're there for as well. Let's not not kid it ourselves. Um, I think, you know, those are attractive actresses and they, they get up intimate in a, oh, well done, the straight ladies have uh, pretended to have sex with each other uh, slightly far away. I guess that'll do. Uh, you know, it's, it's there to service uh, a lot of things and it was fine. But it's not the the plot is like, don't worry, it's mainly about people being miserable. Let's get the doctor who's been visiting Charlotte to invite Mary, who's clearly interested into a, a dance party thing. Well, it's a music, it's a projection and cello playing evening. Is it? It's come, uh, yes, that's come right. Pie and you can have some pie and some uh, booze, and uh, watch. A uh, magic lantern show with a the cello. Fact that she she cut out of that party before she'd even stolen some food from the buffet. She was immediately outside of the cold of a cigarette. It's like you couldn't take a single bun, a not bun. one. She was like, <laughs> "I'm not like." There's obviously the doctor uh, is friendly, and uh, I think all we find out about him is the prejudiced mother is like. Ooh, you're foreign. <laughs> Fucking thanks, Middle England, great. Um, but like, he's this nice, uh, encouraging doctor who's like, "You're doing a great job looking after your woman friend, woman friend." Do Mary, you're uh, not married. Come to the party, and I'll never get a chance to get anywhere with you because you're instantly afraid of any chatting. I understand it though. Uh, like introverted people are like. Oh, you wish to be in, you wish to introduce me to your boring friends. I will literally do anything else. Cigarettes <laughs> in a da- in a dark uh, garden. Sure, let's do it. And also, it's... I'm not sure I see her smoking at any other point. There was one at the beginning, I think. Right. Yeah, she's shit using an ashtray though. She gets it all over the table. The whole house is just dirty anyway and covered in rocks. Well, I don't know, it's not dirty, but it's like, you know, you, you, you clean off rocks for a living. Nothing's going to be truly clean, is it? May as well have missed the ashtray a bit. I think the scene's mainly there to show us that she doesn't like people. She's really hard to like. And somehow has had a, she's the least likely woman to have an affair. I mean, she definitely wouldn't have had one. <laughs> if the way she behaves and acts in her life... It seems impossible she would have, like, hooked up with a sexy young woman from London, you know? You re- she tries really hard to not have a relationship in the film. Mm. But uh, I think the party's there partly to show that. The doctor's uh, not uh, picked up on the fact that Mary's not like that. And to have Mary's exes at the party with all the other boring people... And she's chatting and having a fun time with Charlotte, who's, you know, agreeable and sociable and normal, so can have a few bants before they watch the projections. <laughs> and it, it kind of, like, isolates Mary separate from them, and she gets all... We just see her staring and being like, 
fucking bullshit, bloody ex talking to my new affair, fucking girlfriend thing. I'm going home in the rain. Fuck you. So she just bails out the party. And even then, Charlotte's like, oh, you left me. But I still like you. <laughs> Show me what I'm taking an interest in what you're doing. What's in your diary? Let me, let me fucking read your diary, bitch. <laughs> like, that was a bit, actually, that was weird that she was like, I must see what's in your notebook. And I'm snatching it away. What was, what was even in the diary? Just some slightly emo thoughts on being lonely, right? Yeah. Yeah, a bit of like, poetry about that. So emo. <laughs> but it's a, it's enough to sort of get them being like, oh, I didn't mind that much that you ditched me at the party. <laughs> Horrible cow. <laughs> you literally just could have come over. In a different movie, she could have like had a threesome with her ex and like Charlotte and stuff. That would have been fun. I could go around uh, her ex's house and have a sex scene that becomes socially awkward. Make a bit of tension that way. No, no. Bleakness, please. Back to the candlelit uh, hovel. <laughs> How was the film going for you? Were you? Uh, I know you. You almost didn't watch Abby. You were so like, this is too slow for me. But how? Did, how was it when you were like? Oh, we're reaching like the halfway point. Where things are getting going. It, you know, it's not nothing happening. Well, no, it would. It would float something, and then it would sink again. You'd be like, oh, that was interesting. Back to the old stuff, though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did you? Would you yeah. rather have just been about paleontology and rocks and science and you know I don't know how much you could do with it other than she didn't get a deuce. Maybe she could be challenging a male counterpart who's stealing her work or something. I don't know. Well, it's not that they were onto a bad thing with what they had already. They just they sucked all the life out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's 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 hard because it's like that's clearly what they were going for and they achieved it greatly. It's just is is this what I want to watch? Yeah, it's two hours of bleakness where even the most sour woman manages to have an affair and it's ruined by not just circumstance, but a, a perpetual disagreeable coldness and inability to not have everything on your terms. Like, she's happy to lie in bed with her and, and have a little bit of uh, intimacy and a relationship, but I'm not going to get over my foibles and ways. And she doesn't even seem to have a routine that she's set. She's not set in a way. She just does her own thing and she's not conformist. Or not, she's not sociable or nice. <laughs> just miserable. And it's like, well... Yeah, you know, what give give us something to work with, and then it's like right, pack your bags. You're going back. Your husband's back. You can go back to London. Oh, sad. I did love you after all. I actually, you're gonna get a bit emotional and attached to the things you made. Like you made a little, she put little shells on them. The one thing Charlotte could manage was to glue shells to a mirror, and she so she wants to keep that ornament because it reminds her of when she was there. And her mum's like, I'm selling this. And she's like, fuck off, putting a price on it. Uh, like the mum's very much like good back to normal a uh, fucking I, all that woman was was a paycheck <laughs> like let's get back to our graft of selling shells and ship you know at the beach and uh, you, you you know it shows uh, Mary had some sentimental attachment even though she didn't show it very much beyond fucking her and being a little nicer to her <laughs> um, 
and it just goes right. So you missed her, and then is it basically like a letter about come come to London and and come see your thing in the museum and visit me? I'm I'm settled in now back in London. It's cool, right? That's what she gets, is it? Oh, yeah. her mum dies. Oh, her mum dies first. Oh, well, her mum dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for, gloss over that. She's like packed up on the horse and cart. Oh, goodbye. And then it's like, hey, I've been coughing a bit, so now it's time for me to take these shells in the other room and <laughs> clatter to the ground dramatically. Um, yeah. What did you think of that, Abby? We chuck chuck the mum's death in. If anything, we should be pleased that some horrible other miserable bitches died. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's just a me thing or it was that obvious, but as soon as she sort of had, like, she looked a bit pale in the face, then she walked into the other room. I was like, she's going to fucking die in a minute. Boom. Yeah, I knew she would. (laughs) (laughs) It was that kind of drama, though, wasn't it? If anything, you'd go like someone that, like, the mum is too much of a negative character. You need her there to spoil things. She doesn't. She dies conveniently setting up. So, oh, well, your mum, you you lived with her and you put up with her, the, you know, you, obviously some sentiment, but she was probably, you're probably a bit miserable because of your sort of running the household and have fallen into this life of running the shop and doing the chores and looking after your mum. And she's got a spinsterish lifestyle, so it's partly because her mum's there, she's the only care for her or something. And then when you're freed from that, it should be like, oh, well, I can at least do what I want a bit. I can be a bit more free now. I don't have to keep doing what I'm doing necessarily. And then it's that that would set her up perfectly to have a wonderful lesbian relationship with Charlotte, who has invited her over. And then it's like they, she she runs, catches her. They make it with like, peg it down the fucking down the uh, dock for ages to catch a boat that's going to London. And then we get her, she steps off the boat at the Thames and it's like fucking Venice because it's like St. Paul's Cathedral in the background and all these old ships. And it's like, fucking hell, look at this. Let's go, let's let's have more CGI and, and shit. I want to go see this London, like Victorian London. It looks amazing with the water. Mm. The Thames is like a proper dock and things. Nope, straight back inside. We've got, this is not an outside film, it's an inside film. This is dark Although you were, cold. you were freaking out at the size of the doors. Oh, the big house, yeah. <laughs> We've had this one like small shop on the seaside for all of the film and like a couple of other houses. And then suddenly the rich people in London have a nice address and a big house. Like, not only is your ceiling go on forever up into the sky, your doors are gigantic. <laughs> like I couldn't get over I genuinely was like, Oh, the size of the doors. They're like huge, like twice the size, twice the height. You don't even need them to be that big. Bloody rich Londoners. <laughs> They're massive doors. Opulence. <laughs> what did you guys uh, make of the gaff that um, Charlotte presented, and in fact, how she pitched her scenario to Mary? I was. Uh, it was. This, this was the first time they kind of introduced, um, like, a class element really into it. Yeah, and it seemed a bit like last minute. You know? Yeah. Well, like, so the maid opening the door and being like, oh, service exits around there. Uh, I am actually a guest, even though I'm dressed. I've put my best clothes on. And you're like, you're a fucking servant. So you go around the side. Uh, so you're saying, like, the servants being like, 
who are you? What are you doing here? And then put in their place when Charlotte's like, she's cool. I'm lezzing up with her. Don't worry about it. A little bit. It's just, it seemed like a very late in introduction to a, a new theme, you know? Which wasn't really there at, until this point. I think it's to highlight the big difference in worlds they live in. Like, Mary has had... She's more knowledgeable and she's older and wiser. And she so she's the sort of more... Not dominant, but she's... You know, she has the upper hand in the relationship where she lives. And then in, in Charlotte's world, she's working class and poor and Charlotte's privileged. And so it's a, it, it's to highlight the difference in worlds they live yeah, in it, and that their relationship couldn't work, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense in in that case because she does kind of like turn her down when she's like, you know, I, I've, I've set up this room for you and you can live here with me forever. Don't worry about my husband. He totally, he's totally, he loves rocks now, and um, he doesn't even uh, care. Don't worry about home. Everything will be totally fine. You can stay here with it. You'll be in this room. I'll be with one across the room. It's like the woman, Mary, goes to a beach every day to find rocks to smash open to make money. Uh, what the fuck is she going to do in London? Write about them and draw sketches and study them like an academic. Go to the Thames every day and fish crap out. Just pay urchins to drag rocks up or something. Okay, it can get more grim than the British coastline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, the te- Thames will have some treasures, but not, not like paleontology treasures. <laughs> treasures. There's bound to be some... Well, I mean, you could solve a few murder mysteries going down the Thames and fishing stuff out. Um, just... For, the other thing is, like, uh, Mary's left in the room on her own while the servant gets Charlotte, and like, she's looking at the cabinet, and there's like one of the, is it one of the rocks that um, her husband bought, or there's one of her finds is in in the cabinet, and it's got like, I don't know, it's been relabeled with her name on or some shit. Yeah, whenever she sends away one of her finds, it gets relabeled to the Latin name when she's yeah. just like mighty sea lizard or whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, she she doesn't seem to seem to enjoy the pretense of it, but um, uh, she but then all of the clocks in the world go off when she's in there, like so slightly off, but like someone's going in there. Oh shit! All... My fucking pants are not happened. <laughs> it's all the different chimes of fancy clocks, and you're like, yeah, like also if that if someone's like, oh, you come and live in my big London flat with me in this little room, and you can. You got it. I got got your desk, and like the most tragic thing is like you got this desk, and you could put your mother's porcelain dead ch- children symboled dog porcelain. Like porcelain dogs that represent the your dead brothers and sisters can go here. <laughs> oh, is it? You thought about this, have you? That's yeah. That's me. I'm writing in my sketchbook and washing my mum's porcelain dead children symbols. Um. And I can stay in the bed. Yeah, it's naive and presumptive, but it is also like a pretty sweet deal, right? Like if she'd have took her to tea and said, "Let me float you an idea. You live down there. I'm rich. My husband's always away or interested in rocks. He's like he's clearly gay or asexual. He's fine with me having a lesbian frisson or whatever. What's he care? Come live with me. The working class." Maids and stuff, they can't do shit about shit. They're not going to tell anyone. What are they going to do? Go to church and tell God about it? Like, you come here. You chill out with me. We'll have a little affair. 
you know, maybe just have a holiday home in London. Come see me. You know, we fuck a few times. You go back home. Maybe a heart, like a compromise would have worked better. <laughs> Rather than just, I love you. I've set up a little home in my home for you. <laughs> I, I bought you dresses that you've never shown an interest in. You know, it's a bit like fucking hell too much. But I think it could have worked. She's just been cool well, about it. It's a little up in the air uh, with the ending. You think they suggest a bit of hope where Mary's like, uh, fuck off, you're out of your mind, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I guess more, are you off your tits, love? I This is mental, this. You're crazy. I You don't know me, you know. <laughs> Fucking push the... Touch the brakes, love. So she fucks off. I'm I'm literally going to a hotel in Australia. This is fucked. Uh, I'm going to see my fossil in the British Museum. I wish you'd have said in your letter because I could have saved money on the fucking uh, ship. And it's like he's like her mum. She's like tight with money. Um, and it is just like nope. And she shuts it down and goes to the museum. And I guess all we get is she stares at her fossil, which is impressive, and in the British Museum, I think. And then they sort of are across each other through the glass. Is there some symbolism there, perhaps? Witnessing each other through the glass like a specimen, uh, like a found specimen that uh, has been lovingly cared for. But it's still a display. It's something to display, not something to hold and have, perhaps. Mm. That is a better interpretation, I guess. <laughs> That's I felt that... like there was some... I, 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 before you said that... <laughs> Like obviously it's, it's it's supposed to be like ambiguous, I, I guess. But there's there's the, you know, she they are both there and they are like considering, I suppose, like what's going to happen, and it it stops there before think... it definitively tells you this is over or you know, yes, over. It, it it's art house, so it's no no definitive answers, thanks. Um, but I think in your in your suggestion that there's the the you know. There, there's hope that something might happen after this. Mm. Is bef- when she's like, I guess she's grieving her mum, and her ex turns up and is like, "Sorry about your mum." Uh, she she uses some pretentious word to be like, "Your mum was like canny or something." Mm. Uh, the best I could say about her. I mean, she was a freaky old woman who put everyone on edge. But yeah, she was great. Uh, poor her. Also, you were a bit of a dick with us. You made no effort. Like, you know, do you want to fucking... I hope you have a nice life with Charlotte. I'm glad you had... Like, she's the, she's the most annoying ex you could ever have because she's broken up with you and she's nice to you and gives good advice and wishes you well and hasn't stole your girlfriend from you like they threatened would happen. So she does give her the advice of, like, look, just fucking... You had something nice there. I hope it works out. So the fact that, you know, Mary then goes to London is like, ooh... This is too much, but it puts the idea in your head that, oh, do you know what? Maybe I'm being a bit fucking, I'm not trying. So I could, if I want, I could have something nice with this woman. So this, I think they suggest it, that maybe she's contemplate, am I being a fool here? I've got mm. this wonderful girl who I can have an affair with, no strings attached. <laughs> Uh, have some sort of relationship with anyway. So maybe there's a suggestion. Oh, Abby, what do you think? Do you how did you interpret the ending? Other than hooray, it's you. <laughs> no, that's pretty much the only feeling I had about it. But do you, now, if pressed, would you say they had any chance? They had 
Mm. What I want to say is they had that freeze, the last thing, for so long that one of the extras nearly fell over. <laughs> Just two women on in bonnets staring at each other across a rock with a dinosaur squished in it. Going, hmm. Hmm. Do I should I have my cake and eat it too, or shall I continue being a miserable bitch? Don't fall over, lad. This thing is it's not so much like the will they won't they of it. It's like I d- did not care. Who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> the will they won't they? Well, it don't matter because they don't suit each other. <laughs> if anything, Charlotte would be better at just meeting other. I guess she needs to find other lesbians in London. It must be a few, just to get in the right social circle and just get a different. Like she, she's you know, she's had the experience now. She's been with a milf. She's got that under the belt. Now she can find other lesbian lovers now that she's found out who she is. And Mary can go back to being a miserable, sour, uh, you know, spinster, back to her rocks and her shell shop um, and fucking, you know, find someone else to seduce. <laughs> Very begrudgingly, by accident. Yeah, I don't know. I... I don't know. I I just felt like it's. It was weird that it was tied to a real woman because you got to feel for Mary Anning, being a real person who didn't get celebrated in her time, or because she was a woman didn't get the credit she deserved, or you know maybe it's blown up beyond. You know maybe she's just a woman who's corn beaches all life and then she she she's found some lucky finds. I mean it's hard to know who she was as a person because uh, she obviously you know studied and took an interest in it and found stuff, but because it's not like. It's not an era where you celebrate women in doing science. There's not enough information to go off of. So I felt like, oh, why did we... We should have celebrated the real woman, all we know about her. And then this is more about the, can you get over your issues and get with your your new love interest? I don't know. It's a, I, I, That's the thing with this film. It's unrelentingly bleak and miserable and begrudges every bit of happiness and it intercuts every moment of joy with nana sadness. British cold, wet, seaside sadness for you every <laughs> time. Yeah, and no one does it quite like us Brits, so it's, it's, it's proper misery. <laughs> the right setting for cold lesbian... Love, yeah, it is a hard one. Like it is, it is a good film, and it it achieves what it's set out to do. But like I said, it's like, is that really something I want to watch? Yeah, misery porn. I don't know, like quite literally and figuratively, misery porn. Like about the point, more a, a porn of misery than a porn featuring misery. I would say. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know, like. <laughs> It's just the it really gets Victorianness as well. Like the though I would perceive Victorianness, which is just forever depressing and old-fashioned and and frustrating and miserable and wrong-headed. Um, uh, but you know we've we've come so far now. Britain is a perfect utopia of sensible people and unoppressed masses. Um, so yeah. So, Abby, uh, sorry I put you through it, I guess. I, we know yeah. that you did, didn't enjoy. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, I really hated the sound. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if I should blame it individually or for the trends that is happening in cinema 
where they make the sound for the best sound systems in cinemas. And if you watch on anything else, go fuck yourself. I don't know. Yeah, yeah the, the crashing sea and the scraping and wiping of things. And then the, there's like an out of tune piano that get played. And it was meant to be like a nice, wholesome moment of, oh, Charlotte's playing a piano. It's like, yeah, but it sounds like a fucking dog being kicked into some strings. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> what did, what is anything? Any conversation on the beach was just like straining to hear what they're saying because like the sound mixing is just focusing on the, the sea and the wind. Yeah, which, you know, true to life, you sometimes are drowned out by nature. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it uh it's maybe a little too heavy on the cold, hard rock, the impenetrable rock that hides something within. And then the something within is like still a little bit like underwhelming. <laughs> like, oh, that's interesting. But also, who cares? <laughs> it's, a, it's sort of uh, how I think of it. Sort of fitting to be called Ammonite. If uh, if t- to sort of imply a fossil metaphor as to how the film pans out. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Right, what else is in the British Museum, <laughs> please? <laughs> what else you got for me, huh? I don't know. Anyway, we, I, <laughs> I thought we'd try something different for a change other than just, you know, schlocky crap from the past, something pretentious and uh, modern. Uh, who knows what we'll watch next time, but uh, please join us again for another film chat. Toodles, kisses, love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.